You guys, our promo this week is for the Dark Cast Network, which is a network of true crime, paranormal, ghostly, spooky shows that are all incredibly amazing. So as soon as you're done with our episode, head over there and find a show that suits your fancy. Are you on the hunt for indie podcasts with a dark side, but you're not quite ready to commit to subscribing to a new pod? Why not wet your beak? with Spotlight on DarkCast. Each week we drop a new episode from one of the many shows on the DarkCast network. Here you'll find true crime, brew crime, petty crime, retro horror, classic horror, true horror, spree killers, thrill killers, serial killers, breakfast serial killers, true paranormal, histories, mysteries, frauds, cheats, swindlers, two-timers, double-timers, four-flushers, cryptids, cryptography, astrology, virology, pathology, epidemiology, and people that fuck around with Ouija boards. Explore Spotlight on DarkCast. It's like dozens of superlative indie podcasts in one weekly package. And it can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotlight on DarkCast. Fuck around and find out. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I discovered these pins I bought apparently a long time ago. They're like almost a soft brush tip, almost like a calligraphy pen. They're fantastic. I don't know where I got them or when, but I'm obsessed. Ooh, do they like move like that too? Yes. I'm a big fan. I don't know do where want, I got them. Do you want to know something super weird? Um, do I really have a choice? <sighs> no. Okay. I literally just bought pens like that the other day. Where'd you get them from? Amazon. Oh. How weird is that? There's even, um... Katakana writing on here. Hiragana. Hiragana writing. There's uh, even hiragana I writing. Don't, hiragana writing. I don't know what that means. It's a type of Japanese writing. Oh. I don't know where I got that. All right. Did you give them to me? Google it. Maybe. Made in Japan. I knew it. Okay. I have no fun stories to share. <laughs> I have nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? <clears throat> um... I still can't find a good position. Okay. So. You've tried them all, though. I'm <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, you don't. Gosh dang it to heck. And cut. And cut. Hey, guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. is from June 28, 2007. Paige Bergfeld grew up in Denver, Colorado. She got a scholarship to the University of Florida. <gasps> University I know, of Florida. I saw. Good yeah, gators. And studied nursing. Here she met Ron Beigler and they dated all through college. After graduating, she moved back to Colorado with Ron. Not long after that, they were married in 1995. She always knew she wanted to be a mother. Unfortunately, Ron did not feel the same way. Why? I feel like that's something you guys should discuss before you get married. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. I mean, no shade, but that's a very important conversation. Uh, right? Okay. So then by 1997, they had divorced. It was an amicable breakup and they were still friends and stayed on good terms. After the divorce, Paige became a dancer under the name Madison at the Mile High Saloon. This is where she met Rob Dixon, who would soon become her second husband. He shared the same dream of starting a family. They moved about four hours away from Denver to Grand Junction, Colorado. 
They bought a house with a mortgage of $6,000 a month and started their family. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Like, mine's not even a third of that. That's a lot of money. I just, why do you need so much house? Well, apparently he had a real problem with spending money. Okay, that's They cool, had a but bunch like, of different cars and stuff too. It's just a thing. Some people are that way. They want to spend, they can't, they don't want to keep money. They want to spend it as fast as they get it. Right, Which is fine if you can animals. support it, I guess. You what? I would get animals. No, you wouldn't. I've got 17 cats here. I've tried to give it to you. And you're like, nah, bro, I'm good. No, I would have to buy the land up with the animals. Then you have to hire somebody to come watch you, take care of your yard for you. Why? Because you wouldn't do it. No, but I have all this, but I would have all the animals like goats and everything. They'd cut the grass and stuff. Okay. But like, what about cleaning up behind them and feeding them and cleaning out their stalls and all that? Oh, that part. Yeah. Oh, that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somebody else would come change the diapers. Oh, jeez. Okay, they uh, bought a house with a mortgage of $6,000 a month and started their family. Their first child they named Jess. Their second child was Taft. And finally, they had the baby, Cole, who was also known as Trigger. I don't, it's weird to me. Nicknames are weird. Nicknames are weird. Kids get the weirdest nicknames like I call Riley Binks. What does that even mean? That's not even close to her name. <laughs> poor, poor children. <laughs> they have no say so. It's like Holly. We call her Bean. Holly Bean. That's But that's like Jelly Bean. Holly Bean. Beanie Weenie. Bean Burrito. Oh, I thought we were back on the subject of penises. <laughs> oh. Beanie Weenie. <laughs> like when guys came up with, <laughs> with the big loud exhaust on their trucks and their music cranked up. I always do this, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the meme I you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did, did Kelly write this? Wait, what? I do a little pinky move, guys. It means they have a small peen. They can't help it. They can't help it. You're absolutely right, but they can stop overcompensating. Learn how to use what you got. Work with what you got. Okay, anyways, I don't know how we got on that. Craig Bergfield, Paige's brother, said Paige was the most outgoing person, independent, stubborn at times, just a great sister and a terrific mom. They seemed to live the perfect life until Rob lost millions of their money in a bad investment. Which is what a bunch of different things that I watched said was that he just sort of, as fast as he could get money, as fast as they could make money, he was blowing it. So they ended up having to file for pink... Who? Bankruptcy. (laughs) Like, I'm on word number seven. (laughs) You did that last week, too, with the LGBTQ. You kept saying PTQ. (laughs) Do you not like bees? You like peas better? All right. Fair enough. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what I'm... That's what I'm messing up. That's what you did last week. You kept saying LGBTQ. I wonder if I'm dyslexic. They ended up having to file for bankruptcy, and that's when their perfect life began to falter. Frank, Paige's father, said, quote, their relationship was extremely volatile. Volatile? Vo- vol- volatile? Volatile. What is it? It's like an either or, right? I don't think so. I always say volatile. It's like pecan pecan. Volatile? It sounds wrong now that I'm saying it. Volatile? Y'all know what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know that word. Stop making fun of us. You know what we're saying. Her husband had been very wealthy. As Rob's wealth kind of toppled, he came under more and more pressure and it bled out into the relationship. In 2004, there was a police record a call of Paige saying, my husband and I were in a fight and he was supposed to watch my children while I went to work. And he said that I would come home and find them all murdered. Um, I'm sorry. What? There. Okay, let's unpack that for a minute. He's supposed to watch your children while you went to work. 
hour. He's not the babysitter. She says right. that like he was doing her a favor. He's the I feel partner. so bad for her. Yeah. There are relationships where the men are like they're doing the women a favor by watching the children. And it's like, no, that's yes. your child too. Yes. Why is it assumed that you can go do it when I am not working? She's my kid only. When you right. are not working, you get to do what you want. I don't I don't make the rules. I'm so glad I'm so I hate it here. Okay. <laughs> Our two catchphrases. Yours is I hate it here and mine is I'm so glad I'm single. (laughs) By the time the police arrived at their house, they had worked through their issue and no charges were ever filed. How can you come back from that? Well, once again, people say stuff like when they're angry or whatever, but bro, come on. Well, once again, it's one of those abusive situation things. You know, you can't they he can talk her down you know say i was i was upset i I didn't mean it it's the abusive situation thing so okay but then in october of 2005 she accused him of abuse he allegedly pushed her and punched her while she was holding their baby he was arrested and charged with third degree assault which he denied he did plead guilty to misdemeanor harassment but the charge was later dropped because of struggling to pay their mortgage and keep up with their lifestyle Paige began working as an escort Rob found out and was furious. A divorce soon followed and he moved back to where he was from in Philadelphia and Paige kept the kids who by this time were eight, six, and three and stayed in Grand Junction. Why would you be furious? I mean, hold on. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> Before I went that route because okay. I realized as soon as I said it, there's a lot here. Okay. There's a lot. Yes. <laughs> so he met her while she was dancing. Yes, but dancing's not the same thing as being as working, you know, sex work. That's totally different, I think. I get okay. like I okay, think sex fair. work should be legalized. We've already we won't go into that again. We've already discussed it. Yes. It should be legalized and regulated. This what happens to her would not have happened. That's exactly why. Yes. Yes. But when you are married or in a relationship with somebody and you're hiding it, you're cheating on them. Correct. That's So what I that's was... why he was furious. However, that being said, He's an abusive ass and he should kind of look at his own situation too. And she's doing what she needs to do to... To provide for their family. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Right? Okay. Sorry. That's what, that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> In 2005, she started her own escort company called, called Models Incorporated. Mesa County Sheriff's Department Sergeant Wayne Weiler said, I can't, I can't with this guy. Let me just throw that out there. To be okay. Right. Quote, Paige charged the most that I've ever heard, in some cases up to $2,500, and for the most part, $1,000 to $1,200 for sex. Lots of people have secret lives, but I think with Paige, as you dug into her life, you found out that she had financial issues and that she had to make additional money. Even her parents had no idea that this was going on in her life. So I don't understand why he has to bring up how much she was charging. Like, why does that have to do with... So what? She's the most expensive. Mind your business. I don't know. I felt he was throwing shade at her. I mean, I, I feel like we see that, it, but... that happens a lot with sex workers. And I do feel like we're being a little sensitive on this case because it makes us so mad. My issue is that, and this happened, it didn't happen so much in the documentaries. I feel like people were being pretty careful about what they said. But when yeah. I watch some of the stuff on YouTube and go down and read the comments, yes. there were so many people. Well, let's yes. keep going before we get into that. Let's keep going. So we know what happened. So spoiler, we're already giving it all away. (laughs) Poor Paige. She was also a dance teacher for preschoolers. 
She sold baby slings, right? And sold Pamper Chef. Do not get me in a room full of preschoolers. Oh, I like preschoolers, but trying to make them all do the same thing. Like, just throw toys at them and and they'll be good. No, No, throw toys at them. I didn't mean that in an abusive way. (laughs) I meant, like, give them toys. Okay, done. (laughs) You want a room full of preschoolers? I'll throw the toys at them. Got it. (laughs) I'm just doing what she said, officer. I read that as it came Follow out, but wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> okay. All right. All that's going to have to be cut out now. Y'all, that's what she meant. No, it's not. I would never hurt a child. Lots of adults I would. Not a kid. Uh, okay. Her brother said, quote, she was working all of these jobs, but still showed up at the PTA meeting and at the parents' playgrounds and everything else. She's a real special person. She meant I'll parent playgroups. Yeah, that's what I said. You said at parents' playgrounds. <laughs> Just like a, again, a totally different kind of a situation. It's totally not. It's not the same thing. Y'all, she's broken. Oh my god. Oh. Okay. Like subconsciously, I do shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then you want to argue with me when I correct you. <laughs> I know. Hold on. Let me do that again. She was working all of these jobs, but still showed up at the PTA meeting and at the parents' playgroups and everything else. She was a real special person. That was really hard to get through the second time. I did. I don't okay. know why you did it, because I'm just going to leave the blueprint, because you were just giggling the whole time. <laughs> Which will not be able to be explained. I'm just going to have to leave it in there. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Here comes the sad part. All right. On Thursday, June 28, 2007, Paige left her three children with their live-in nanny and met with Ron, which, if you guys remember, was her first husband, for a picnic. They had begun to rekindle the relationship, which I think is really sweet. I do, too. Like, However, he didn't want kids, and now she went off and had her kids, and now they're getting back together. Yeah, which is cute, but she still has kids that yeah, he didn't want. Yeah, but if they're not, like, if it's just something casual where we see each other when we can... You know what I mean? I wonder if they I were planning know, a red to flag for me. I don't know. I wonder if they were planning to move forward and try and get married or whatever. If they were, it was just like, we still care for each other. Let's see each other when we can and just take what joy we can in each other. That'd be my kind of relationship. Like, <laughs> don't try and marry me. Let's not move in together. <laughs> don't, don't call me every day. I'll, I'll call you. Okay. okay uh, eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Just, just wait. It's fine. I, it'll happen. <laughs> oh no, okay. my phone broke. Okay. Anyways. All right. So they each drove two hours and met in the middle in Eagle, Colorado. While she was there, she mentioned to Ron about having to meet with some clients when she got home. He told her to call him when she got home, but she never did. He called her all day Friday with her phone going straight to voicemail, which was very unusual for her. Finally, Saturday morning, he called her house. This is when Paige's eight-year-old daughter, Jess, told him that her mom never made it home Thursday night. Ron then called the police and filed a missing person report. Search parties formed and searched, but they didn't find anything. Which is really sad. It is really sad. And Jess was calling her mom's phone and leaving voicemails, and they were all so heartbreaking. And I just, uh, it's just, it's very sad. It's just sad. Because I know how I am now at 34 years old when my mama doesn't respond to me. Like, I couldn't imagine being eight and not being able to get a hold of my mom. Yeah, I don't, I... I'm on break at work. If I'm on break at work and, and Riley's with my mom, I send her text messages. So if she doesn't hear from me while I'm at work, it's kind of a thing. Like she'll, mom, are you okay? Did you have a bad day at work when I get home? 
Are you are you all right? Oh. <laughs> oh. So I can't imagine as an eight year old, you know, it's just it's all so sad. Ugh, those poor kids. Poor Paige. <clears throat> Three days later, there's a nine one one call about a red Ford focus on fire. That was hard to say. It's a lot of F's. After searching, they realize it's Paige's car. The front seat had been pushed all the way back, which is much too far for five foot four inch what? Okay. Which is much too far for five foot four page to reach the pedals. Dan Rubenstein, the Mesa County District Attorney, said, quote, it was very clear it was arson because there was nothing else around it that was burned. It was just the car itself and it was parked in a location that Page had no association with. Prior to finding the vehicle on fire, this was a missing persons case. And as soon as that happened, it was an immediate conversion over to that as foul play. Thanks for the mansplanation that it's arson. Appreciate you. Do cars just spontaneously <laughs> burst into flames? <laughs> I mean, I've seen it happen for real. I mean, I've seen it at like a bunch of car shows and stuff when they've got all the speakers and everything. Oh, gross. However, you've also seen like, I mean, there's been instances where cars like on the side of the road are like on fire and stuff. But like, come on. Duh. <laughs> what? I feel, I feel like sometimes the detectives or the lawyers or whatever are just not that intelligent. I feel like they speak in a very specific way especially and this is especially true with police officers i feel like they i hope it's because they're so focused on the case that they're not thinking how should i phrase this what are the right words to say how can i sound smart hopefully they're just because they've always got the case turning in the back of their head that's that's what i'm hoping for okay we'll go with that a few days after her car was found a motorist got a flat tire and pulled over on the side of the road around 11 miles from where Paige lived and found several items almost in a bread crumb like trail Police discovered her checkbook, and it looked like the checks had been torn out one by one, her wallet with cards tossed out one by one, and her planner with the pages from the time she had gone missing torn out. One of the items they found was a business card for her escort service, and soon after that, police discovered she had a separate cell phone she used for only that purpose. I think it's cool and sad that there was, like, a trail of stuff to follow. I think it's sad. It's awesome that she had it in her mind to do that. Like, that just shows the type of person that she is. Oh. You know, yeah. to, like, leave evidence behind. Uh-huh. But then it is really sad that she's like, oh, let me. Oh, you think that was her? I do think that was her, yeah. Oh. Well, then why would she rip out the pages from the time she'd gone missing? Uh, that was all that she could, like, get a hold of? Like, this is, I don't know. Wait, so. I don't the... know what happened. Go ahead. So the planner with the pages from the time she had gone missing those pages were gone the, no yeah they found the planner itself but i'm talking about like her checkbook like it was a check after check after check like ripped off and tossed out the window okay but why would she pull out the planner that had the pages from who she was probably meeting on those pages well my guess is maybe the person that did this ripped those pages out and she tossed the book out maybe not knowing it's in there or something i don't know i always thought that that was her doing oh huh but okay. I don't know. All right. So the police's first two suspects were her two ex-husbands. But with cell phone records, they were able to determine that Ron was where he said he was in Denver after their date. And Rob was still in Philadelphia. 
they were eliminated as suspects. Looking through Paige's cell phone records, Weiler said she had received numerous calls that day, and we determined that her last call had happened around 9 p.m. that night of June 28th. We determined that many of them were clients for her adult service, and right at that point, we had at least seven suspects. One of the seven suspects was Lester Ralph Jones. He called her the day she went missing. He had a criminal past that included sexual assault and kidnapping, and he also worked in the RV shop that was diagonally across the street from where Paige's car had been found in flames. All the other people Paige had talked to that day were able to be eliminated except for Lester. He was tall, six foot five, and he would have been um, needing to push his seat all the way back in the vehicle. He was brought down for questioning on July 5th, 2007. He answered all of their questions and fully cooperated. He even willingly gave DNA, fingerprints, and the keys to his truck so that it could be searched. The entire time, he denied knowing where she was or what happened to her. But before her disappearance, Paige had received several phone calls from a disposable truck phone. During the search of Jones's belongings, they found a bra, men's wigs, a gas can, condoms, Viagra, and a box for a track phone. Using the serial numbers from the box, they were able to find out that it was purchased at a Walmart. And lo and behold, on the video footage, it shows Jones making the purchase. They discovered that the phone only made or received five phone calls. They were all to or from Paige's phone. Using scent tracking dogs, they went over Paige's car. The dogs hit on Jones's scent in the vehicle, and they also indicated that there was a dead body in the backseat of the car at one point. But all they had was circumstantial evidence, and they were reluctant to charge Jones with murder without Paige's body. Sergeant Wheeler said, Wheeler? Whaler? I'm saying Wheeler. Wheeler? Sergeant Weiler said, we felt very confident that Lester Jones was the person. However, because of her lifestyle and that alternate business that she had, we really needed to have the body. What? It's just trash. Told you I didn't like this, man. I, I mean, it really you. is. It's just trash. It, it shouldn't matter. If justice it, is blind, then the evidence should, you should need the same evidence for each case. Correct. All right. So sadly, nothing happened for five years. Jones was able to live his life as he pleased. But in March of 2012, a hiker found Paige's remains in a dry creek bed in Delta County. There were only bones, no flesh left. A cause of death was unable to be determined, and she was matched using dental records. The police did find duct tape still on the bones, and several of her bones were broken, but they were unable to determine the cause. The assumption is that she was tied up and beaten to death. Oh, poor Paige. I know. In November of 2014, Lester Jones was finally arrested and charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and kidnapping, and his trial began in July of 2016. So I tried to look up how he can be charged for first-degree and second-degree for the same murder. Yeah. I don't understand how that... I don't either. I don't... Okay. Well, like, I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find... I don't know why that's a thing. Yeah, it's either one or the other. It should be, right? Because they're two, two different things. We need an adult. We're the adults. Who? Me and you. (laughs) You're the adult. That's gross. Don't say that. That's the meanest thing you ever said to me. All right. (laughs) The prosecutor said that his motive was that he was used to using violence to control women, and he was frustrated when he tried to use Paige's services again, but she refused. During trial, Jones's ex-wife, Lisa Nance, claimed that in the late 1990s, Jones kidnapped her and threatened to kill her. She claimed that after she had begun dating someone else after their divorce, Jones showed up with a gun and ran into her car, knocking them into a ditch. Jones fired twice at uh, Lisa's new boyfriend, but he escaped, and then he turned the gun on Lisa. She was able to talk him down. 
And this is why, when we talked about the abusive situation earlier, this is why sometimes women don't leave. <laughs> because men are just trash. Some of them. Some of them are just trash. Some of them are great, I'm sure. I've never met them. Mm. Just kidding, I have. I'm going to leave that out. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> Sorry to my brothers and my dad and, and everything. I didn't mean you guys. You guys don't count. <laughs> Sorry, Ben and PJ. Dad. Sorry. Oh. All right. After 22 days of testimony, the jury was unable to reach a verdict, and a mistrial was declared on September 9th, 2016. Like, how is it? How are they? What? Well, the evidence they have is all circumstantial. I mean, it's a lot of circumstantial evidence. You always say circumstantial evidence is so evidence. Yes, I know. I wasn't done misinterrupting oh, Jane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting defensive. I know. I'm so sorry. So, I don't know. I didn't watch the... I mean, I, I couldn't find very much about the first trial. I found more about the second trial. So, I wonder if maybe they held some stuff back. Or maybe they were able to do more testing. Or... I don't okay, know. Okay, but just 10 weeks later, on November 21st, 2016, his second trial began. Like, okay. what? How much did they get done in two and a half months? Okay, well, maybe it has to do with the jury. People bring their own oh, biases okay. and prejudices against... You know, they bring them in the in the jury box i wonder what the jury makeup was for the first trial versus the second trial that's fair so yeah his second trial begins and after four days of de deliberation this time the jury found him guilty on all three original charges from the first trial so first degree murder second degree murder and kidnapping he was sentenced to life in prison without parole he's appealing his conviction based on the lack of physical evidence to link him to the crime Paige's three children, Jess, Taft, and Cole, live out of the public's eye. It's assumed that they live with their father, Rob Dixon. Oddly enough, Jones' second wife, Elaine, stayed with Jones during the entire ordeal. She said, quote, I'm still married to him because I'm a Christian, and my faith asked me to forgive him. I feel like I need to give him another chance. Hmm. What? I hate when people use their religion as an excuse for weakness yes <laughs> you can give them another chance and also sure. still not be married to him <laughs> yep i just um ugh. Oh, so Elaine. there's that. Uh, he is still currently in the Fremont Correctional Facility, which is a medium security prison in Cannon City, Colorado, and they're still married. I just oh. Mm. I mean, I guess if he's in prison for the rest of his life, why not? Well, I mean, she did die a few years ago, but yeah, she never, uh, like, while he was in prison, she never left nothing. Maybe it was... I mean, even for... Okay, she doesn't get any benefit of it. I mean, maybe if like he died staying... or something, and he had a life insurance policy while he was in prison or something. Maybe it was saving money oh, on divorce papers. I have no idea. I don't have a clue. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe divorce costs too much money. Maybe it was... I don't, I don't know. But it was... I mean, she said it was because she was a Christian. I feel divorces should be automatically granted if... if you want to get a divorce when your spouse goes to prison. Or an annulment. Sure. Like your your thing doesn't count anymore. He raped and murdered a woman. Yeah. You're free. You free you're free time. to go. <laughs> yes. You went through enough. Thank you. Have a good day. <sighs> but yes, the um Jess, Taft, and Cole do live with their dad in the East Coast on the East Coast. And up they're living happy, healthy lives. Me too. Apparently right after Paige disappeared, Craig and his wife Callie, her brother Craig and his wife Callie came down and stayed in their house and took care of them. While they were trying to figure out what happened with Paige. Oh. I know. And now they're with their dad. So I hope he's he's gotten... Because he had to get anger management training after the misdemeanor charge. He had to get anger management. So I hope, hopefully it helped. And, and he's not. I hope he's taking good care of those kids. Because they deserve yeah. it. Poor babies. Those poor little babies. 
Oh, poor babies. Okay, so you said the phone call. So there was a phone call made, and it made it was made before Paige's remains were discovered, way back in 2007, uh, when they took his truck, and they also took his okay. wife's car at the same time. Okay. To, I'm, I hope you're not asking me to explain this, but I'm just kind of giving the context of the call for our listeners. Yeah, I um, don't understand it at all. Okay, well, hold on. So. They took both the fam- the family's two cars, and then once they were done searching them, the sheriff called Jones and said, hey, your cars are ready. You can come pick them up whenever you want to. And apparently, he said, Jones's response to that was, no, I don't think so. And then the sheriff said, I'm not following you. And he goes, you asked me where, and apparently Jones says, you asked me where I would bury a body. And the sheriff goes, I'm sorry. And then he didn't use that tone. He was just like, I'm sorry. And then Jones said, you asked me where I should bury a body. And then that was it. Here's my thing. So they played it. I watched a 48 hours on this. And then I watched a 2020 or part of a 2020 because I couldn't find the whole thing. And then I watched Crime Watch Mm -hmm. thing. And I don't remember which two it was on, but two of them had it on there and they were slightly different. What do you mean? For one of them, like the pauses were longer in some of them. And then in one of them... He says, the sheriff says, so do you need us to come get you and bring you to the cars or do you have a ride up here? And then that's when he says, no, I don't think so. And the sheriff said, I'm not following you in one of them. And then the other one, that whole little part was cut out. So I don't, I don't know if that call was edited for the programs or if it was edited for the Mm -hmm. jury. And then the way that Jones sort of trailed off at the end, I think he was high on, on something. Like drugs or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he sounded, so I think probably everybody has talked to somebody who has been high on opioids. So I was like, wow, that was extremely like specific. Okay. Yeah. So when you talk to somebody or in my experience, talking to people who are high on opioids, they sort of trail off and then there's long periods of silence because they start nodding off. And then all of a sudden they pop up and say something that really has no bearing on the conversation so came off across to me that he was high on pain pills and i have just, no idea if that's true but that's what it when I, the first time i heard it that's what i thought oh he sounds like he's high on pain pills oh okay. i have no idea if that's true or not but that's sort of the impression i got okay it was As, just the whole thing was very confusing yeah i still don't understand what it means i was like where does this fit in anywhere i have no idea i still have no idea what it means or why it was said or why it was such a big deal for the case like i don't understand any of it but that he seemed to me like he was high. Oh, okay. All right, then. But it was very, very weird. Like, do you need me to bring you to your car? You want to know where I should hide a body? It's like, no, sir. No, mm-mm. I just want to give you the ride to the car. <laughs> <laughs> and not even that anymore. I'll call you an Uber. <laughs> Don't want to be anywhere near you. So that's Paige's story, guys. And it's very sad. And I hope her kids are okay. I'm sure they're doing excellent. Oh, so let's talk about... So in general... It seemed like there was some derision on the part of law enforcement for her career, but I felt like it wasn't that bad. However, I don't know, I don't know what derision means. Like they looked down on her for her career. Okay. But if you go and you look at the YouTube comments where we watched our videos, the documentaries and stuff, people are trash. Yeah. They just said like she brought it on herself and she has no one to blame but herself for this. And it's like, uh, this is why this is why there are people like the Green River Killer who can murder dozens of sex workers 
and nobody cares because they think it's their fault. It makes me so mad. They're human beings. It shouldn't matter what they do. And like we've said before, sex work is work. Uh Uh-huh. It should be treated as such. Mm -hmm. They should have health insurance. They should have vacation Protections in place. They should have sick time. I mean, 401k, like, yeah. And if she, if that was like a, um, an actual business that could run properly, this would not have happened to her. Mm-hmm. And her husband or her ex-husband was sending $500 a month in child support. That's it. Yeah. That wouldn't even cover child care. Nope. That would not cover child care. And yes, they could, she could have sold their house and she could have, they could have downgraded, but that, why should she, if she could pay for it? Like why, 100%. why should she? Yeah. It makes me so mad. It, it really, I had to get off the comments cause they were really making me mad. Like, I don't know, to be honest, like, I don't know how she did it all. I really don't. I don't either. And I think it's impressive. And I think she did what she had to do to take care of her children. And it's not the kids fault. Like why should they have to change everything that they've ever known? Well, and like I said, if if she can work and make the kind of money she was making, why not? Right. Why not? (laughs) Oh, it makes me so mad. It's why it should be legal. It should be legal and regulated and safe. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our TED talk. Y'all have a good night. (sighs) Poor Paige. Poor Paige. Poor children. I just, I hate this case. This was a sad one. They're all sad. When is a happy one? We don't have one. It's murder. Hi, give me a happy ending. Okay. Our birthday's today from June 28th. In 1902, you all know who this is, but I'm going to tell you because it's so exciting. So in 1902, Richard Rogers was born. He was the very, I know you don't know who that is. Hold on. He was the very first EGOT. And do you know what an EGOT is? Yes. Emmy, he won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony Award. Oh, wow. And, and this is why I know who he is, the Richard Rogers Theater. In New York City, that's where In the Heights, that's where In the Heights is or was, and that's where Hamilton now is. Oh, Richard Rogers Theater. So I just, I love the Richard Rogers. Yes. (sighs) Sorry, that made me really happy. Okay, so then in 1948, Kathy Bates was born. Oh yes, I love her. I think she's so freaking talented. Yes. Then in um, 1977, Mac Mark Stormer, who was the bass player for who is the bass player for the killers was born we, we had the lead had, singer uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so i thought we had to include him all right and then one of a uh, very talented south korean actress haji Won was born in 1979 it's her birthday today and birthday. then in 1981 john watts was born and he is the director and screenwriter for spider-man <laughs> is that funny i love him i know let's be besties no okay so our events today, <laughs> right. I just included this one because it it's just such a Hamilton reference. In 1778, it was the Battle of Monmouth. Hello. <laughs> Everyone attack, retreat, attack, retreat. What are you doing? Lee, get back on your feet. But there's so many of them. I'm sorry. I knew that was coming. I knew something was coming. I was just waiting. He shits the bed at the Battle of Monmouth. I love how happy your little face gets. <laughs> Anytime I there's a Hamilton so reference. Yes. I really have to ignore a lot of them because there's a lot of these that are like memories from the Revolutionary War from on this day in history. And I just I, I, I can't do them all because I feel like people don't want to hear me mention Hamilton every episode. Anyways. OK, so <laughs> then in 1969, the Stonewall Uprising began in the early morning <gasps> hours. 
Happy Pride, guys. We just talked about that last week. I know, and today's the anniversary. Yay. Um, then in 1976, the first woman was admitted to Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and her name was Amy Takashima. Get it, girl. Yes. Okay. So then 2003, I have a lot today. 2003, the original Pirates of the Caribbean premiered. Never seen it. Have you not? But it's got Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp and Karen Knightley. Yes, please. Never all three. Seen, never seen any of them. All right. Well, I know what we're watching next time you come. Yes, please. All three. Orlando Bloom spends half that movie with a shirt halfway open. Yes, please. And wet. <laughs> Why is he wet, though? Because he's on a ship. There's like water flying around. I don't know. Because he's hot. And they were like, you know what? To make this better, put him in a white half open shirt and make him wet. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't. If you're on the ship, why are you wet? I don't get it. Because he's really in the bloom and they thought we should make him wet. And then I said, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like, so then why wasn't everybody on Titanic wet? What? Because they didn't look like Orlando Bloom. Some of them did. How do you know? Were you there? I don't know why I got so I don't defensive. either. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. That was a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. So then in 2017, Spider Homecoming, Spider Spider Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming debuted Yay. in Los Angeles. Yay. Directed by John Watts, <laughs> whose birthday it is today. That's crazy. <gasps> he had to come out on his birthday. I bet he made it that way. He's like, you know, what's going to be a great birthday present to me. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. I love me so much already. I bet he invited Robert Downey Jr. to his birthday party. And he was like, I'm going to be busy. And he was like, oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> and just decided to release it on his birthday. So he had to come to the premiere. And he was like, hey, hey, RDJ, it's my birthday. <laughs> I would do that to get Robert Downey Jr. to come to my birthday party. <laughs> I'd do anything to get him to come to my birthday party. Let's just be honest. Okay. And that's the events for today. So who caught your eye this week? So I'm on the very last episode of Grace and Frankie. Okay. And Frankie is my spirit animal. Have you ever okay. seen it? No, you asked me this like four times before. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that at one point you're going to say yes. I won't. So in the show, they're like 80 years old and she's like an artist and she um, loves animals. Like she doesn't eat meat except for tacos. Um, you know, like she's that kind. And she has like a meditation room and she is just all like she's all about like good vibes is the best way to put it and she's i don't know she has such a good outlook on life and like they'll be doing something and her phone ends up in the freezer or she loses one of her shoes or like just stuff like that and i'm like yep i get it like <laughs> yes i i understand and so grace is the adult which would be you uh-huh and their relationship is just makes me really, really happy. And I just love Frankie so much. And I'm really sad I'm on the last episode. I don't want to talk about it. Is it over? Yeah. Like the series is over now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think they're making any more. That's nice, though. But in my like, I always hate shows that go on for way too long. Yeah. I like when like shows Shits come to, Creek was like perfect. Shit's Creek ended really well. It was perfect. Yes. Everything felt tied up. It didn't feel like everything was dry. It was perfect. Yes. Like I The Office should have ended it. five seasons before yes. it did. Yes. Yes. Anyways, okay. Who caught your eye? I gotta be honest, those pictures of Orlando Bloom really got me. <laughs> Stop it. That's who I got this week. 
Orlando Bloom and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, please. Is he really that hot, though, in it? He's my, I like, well, okay. So I like that old-fashioned clothes thing. I like that. <laughs> and it comes, well, it, I just it's do. just turned really weird. I mean, and it well, it's not weird. It's because I read Pride and Prejudice. Like, that was my favorite book when I was growing up. So that sort of Regency period sort of, I always liked it. I've always wanted to wear a corset, even though I'd have it, I'd tear it off in 30 seconds. Oh, I do like corsets. They're cool. Oh, His face is perfect. No. Isn't he's just so lovely. And he I was inclined really to like is. him anyway, because, of course, he was Legolas in Lord of the Rings. But and then this and he had the facial, a little bit of facial hair and the dark hair. And I'm, I'm a sucker for dark hair anyway. And. Are you? Yeah, I like dark hair. Usually more. I like light hair. I know. That's why we get along. Your boyfriend has dark hair. Ryan, well, his hair's gray now. Kind of. I guess it is dark. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what I got this week. I saw Orlando Bloom. I'm looking at pictures to do this thing, and I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm in. (laughs) And sold. From June 28, 2007. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date with Murder and on Facebook at A Date with Pod. Bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Amen. <gasps> Amen. Okay, bye. Okay, hugs and kisses. High fives and handshakes. Goodbye. Goodbye. We're on episode 52. You know what that means? What? One year. 52 weeks in a year. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh (laughs) Okay, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Happy one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary. Hip, hip. Hooray. I went to go put my phone down, but I set it on the power button. (laughs) Of course you did, sweetheart. (laughs) It's been such a rough day. Pregnant. With a baby? No, I mean, expectation. (laughs) I got an inflatable pool. Like, my size. That looks weird. What is that? It's my hand. I was moving my computer It looks like a penis. Uh, I wish I had one of those here. (laughs) (laughs) Just for a little while. Just just for a while. (laughs) The way your face lit up. (laughs) What? Where? I adopted you, remember? No, I adopted you. You were the child. I adopted you. (laughs) I am a catch. You're also a handful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, you are a catch, but you better catch with both hands. (laughs) Wait, are you calling me fat? I'm calling you ample. (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry.